Hello, listening people. Hello. Hello, Bartek. How are you doing? I'm doing decent, Ryan. How are you? I am doing fantastic. I am so happy to be here to talk about movies with you, Bartek. We're getting closer to the end of the year. I'm getting that feeling of, ooh, we're getting close to Christmas time, and that means a Christmas movie will eventually be picked by one of us, and I can't remember who it will be landing on this time. Uh, I know that immediately before Christmas is Listening People's Choice, and a few days after it's me, and when I looked at the list of Listening Choice, I'm like, oh, well, there's an obvious Christmas film. Maybe that will be it. Well, we'll see how it all goes, but we're not there yet, Bartek, but we are still spitting. And we are still Polish, and what a fun time to be both of those things. Why? Because we're here, Bartek, talking movies. You know, I'm just, I still appreciate that we can be in the same room, mm. talking films, talking movies, not having to worry about connectivity issues and all that garbage, and we're doing Pictures powwow in which we talk about a movie that has come recommended. You recommended the film that we'll be discussing today. What is that film? Uh, the film is a 2012 French film called The Other Sun. Yes, yes, The Other Sun French film. Very important to note, because mm. what's the film about? For Just to kind of let the people know and kind of sell them on it. Yep, so the big, uh, I guess, topic of the film, if you want to come into the film with some more foreknowledge of you know something relevant, would be about the... Israeli-Palestine conflict, mm-hmm. um, and that's such an obvious and memorable thing for me, having seen this film 10 years ago, that I forgot that the film was made in, like, like it's a French film. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I remember there were multiple languages in it, and I thought, like, oh, it's going to be either, like, an Israeli or a Palestinian film, but then French kind of, you know, blindsided me. They're like, oh, this film was French. Yeah, I don't want to speak, uh, you know, uh, in the wrong manner, but, like, if this was a film made by... Uh, Israel or Palestine, do you think it would be sympathetic towards the other side being told in the story, as in how this film does it? Because this film seems pretty pretty uh, neutral or understanding of both sides of yeah. this, and I don't know necessarily, I haven't seen any Israeli or Palestinian films, if they could even be allowed to do that, let alone actually do that. I don't know, because... To kind of, uh, well, of course, people, if you have not seen the film, watch the film. It is uh, definitely interesting and worth a watch. Uh, hopefully you can find your a copy of it. I had a little bit of difficulty getting my mm. hands on this, but uh, we recommend at least giving it a watch. Uh, it's something to behold. We will be talking spoilers. To get in my history, I did not know about this movie, did not know anything about it, other than you mentioned uh, at the end of last episode what it was briefly, that it was a French film, but it deals with this kind of conflict, and I could kind of gather with the title, The Other Sun, mm. roughly what this was going to be about, and then as soon as the blood test thing in the very beginning got mentioned, I was like, oh, oh I think I know what this is going to be. Yeah. And then it did play out like that, and it was, uh, yeah, it was a whole entire uh, thing, but... I don't. I'm not as uh, knowledgeable or uh, worldly enough to know the complexities of the Israel-Palestine conflict. I know the broad strokes kind of thing, yeah. But I don't know all of the nuances of it. It seems like a very 
complex issue. And so watching this movie, I was worried if it was going to rely on my knowledge of that. Yeah. Kind of like, uh, what was that film? Yeah, Grybovica. Grybovica, like, which was... Yeah. What was that in English? Like, the uh, title? Did it have a uh, translation, the- or was that just named The City? Um, I think that's the name of the city, but there was a localized title that was Esma's Secret. Esma's Secret, right, right. To make it a bit more like, you there's something here. Secret. Yeah. Which, where was that set again? That was. I think that was a Bosnian film. Yeah, and I didn't know much about Bosnian mm. history, and that film did unfortunately rely on a little yeah. bit of me knowing. Oh, that's yeah. that's why last week I mentioned like, oh, Israel-Palestine conflict. Like, ever since Grubovica, I've been, you know, a bit more conscious mm. about that. Like, if there's anything I should mention. But I uh, want to say that I followed this quite easily. I didn't feel mm. as if I was lacking just because I didn't know as much about the conflict. The film still translates across quite well when it comes to the matter at hand, which is these two different families, two different values, two different cultures, antagonistic cultures having to form a a strange bond because of the uh, situation that's playing out. So I, yeah, I had no history with this, watched it uh, uh, this morning, I should say, and it was a bit of a journey because... uh, to get into a detour for a second here to bitch. Yes, sure. Bartek and I have often bitched about this on, on and off the podcast to find movies, whether they be the foreign films that you recommend, Bartek, or even just normal Hollywood films that we watch. It's a gamble of how Australia's streaming services are actually going to give us those, whether they're the big ones like Netflix or Stan, or they are the local TV uh, on-demand stations. For this one, it's on a TV station that we have called SBS, Mm -hmm. and it's on their streaming service that they have, where they have the replay and they have all these films banked up. You have to watch it with the ads and stuff. Yeah, and in the past, I've watched, I think, uh, The Wave and AI on there, and it was Mm. no problem. Like it's, It's free. And there were ads, and that's the only like yeah. downsides. That was the only place where I could watch the wave, right? And yeah, that's why I watched it too, and that's why I picked it. It's like, oh, easy access. Yeah, easy access. But Australia is always difficult because one we have often encountered is, oh, it's on there, and then by the time we get there, it's suddenly not on there anymore. We've had that a few times. Mm. This has been a new one where I went to SBS, went on there, and for some reason. The frame rate of the movie was super choppy. Yeah. It was like I was watching a, a video game chugging along. I haven't really seen that with a movie on a streaming platform before. Like, I know I've often seen buffering, yeah. but I haven't seen, like, it was just choppy. And yeah, I it thought, was all loaded, but it was really choppy. And I thought... Am I being the dumb one here? Is it my internet? Because I have had internet issues over the last couple of days, just random stuff here and there. And I thought, oh, is it me? I don't use SBS Bartek. I'll ask you. I texted you and you hadn't gotten around to having a look at it yet. And then you confirmed it was on your end too. Mm. So that had to push us to watch it elsewhere and source it elsewhere. And I double-checked. No other movies on SBS's site had this uh, particular issue. So it was this one. Something they did that uploaded this movie, something fucked up. The only thing that, like, stood out out about this film when I first confirmed that it was on there was that it didn't have an expiration date. It seems like this film is permanently up on there. I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but, Um, yeah. uh, uh, It's confusing. So... 
I tried not to let that bother me when watching the movie, but it may have bled in because there was a level of frustration where I had to watch this the next day. I had it all like, mm. oh, I don't have to look for it. Bartek said it's here and I confirmed, oh, it is there. And yeah. then I sat down at like nine o'clock and at night being like, okay, I've done all the stuff I need for today. I'm going to sit down and watch this movie. And then the movie slapped me in the face and said, fuck you, you can't watch it yeah. right now. And then I had to fucking watch it in the yeah, morning in the, it, again like like i mentioned with the gribovicha thing like i'll confirm uh you know anything that needs to be known before watching the film and now if it's on sbs on demand i'll confirm that it's a decent you know copy <sighs> so silly what we have to jump through we we've mm. talked about this a lot australia and it's not just us people if you have this kind of is- these issues all in your country let us know but we're going off we what we know and we have this so much, these kind of weird-ass availability issues or actually just quality-watching issues of movies that are mm. available. It's so fucking stupid. It makes uh, the barrier of watching a movie like this even greater. Yeah. You know, now that I remember it, like, I've watched a couple of films on stand for the podcast, and most of them have been fine, but I remember the very first one I watched, and I mentioned it in our episode, was... um. Uh, she's the man man. and i remember mentioning like oh man i experienced stan for the first time if that's the quality it's on there you know i don't think it's worth the price but that's been the only one that's been like (laughs) kind of iffy um tell us about your history with the movie so you saw this in the cinema yes yes there's a cinema really close to elstonwick station i believe it's Mm -hmm. a nice little one i think it might be palace but i can't remember Mm -hmm. i haven't been there in ages um, I saw this one in the cinema with my mum. It's another one of these films. Mm-hmm. Um, one that she found out about through whatever means she has to find out about films at the time and said, Hey, this is interesting. Do you want to go see it? And at the time, you know, I said yes to everything. So it was just a blind mm-hmm. viewing experience. But again, like the title, The Other Son. Okay. There's going to be two sons of some sort mm-hmm. going on. And like you said, it's pr- pretty obvious once you know the Israel Palestine thing of like, Oh, it would be a really interesting premise if this was like babies were swapped at birth and they were from these op- opposing sides, and that's exactly what it's about. Yeah, um, yeah so I, I, we saw it, yeah, 2012, um, and I remember we both walked away, you know, feeling happy and uplifted about the film because there is a lot of a lot of heartwarming things in it. Mm. Um, but I always, I remember this has been a film that it's been stuck in the back of my mind for the past decade. With this kind of thought of like, oh, is it actually like a like a good film? Like objectively, mm. is there a lot to this film that's worth, uh, you know, recommending to other people? And so, even though it's been stuck in my head for these ten years, I've always been kind of hesitant to recommend it because it's like, you know, I walked away with an uplifting experience, but you know. It, will others? Will others? Yeah. And will you upon a rewatch? Yeah, that's. It's been a lot of thoughts on that level. Like the film ends, and I remember thinking, like, oh, there wasn't really as much conflict in the end. Like the, the conflict is kind of introduced early on, and like slowly, you know, progresses over the course of the film. Yeah, it slowly wilts away. As yeah, well, and say. and and yeah, the film really ends on this like kind of uplifting note, which is weird to say considering what happens in the second last scene, but. Uh, Here's what I'll say, and you can correct me if you feel otherwise. This is my interpretation. I think you have a more difficult time recommending slice of life type films to others. Mm. Because that's been a. This idea that you're talking about has been referenced when you've recommended other movies on the podcast, like that, uh, that anime movie that we did the, about the deaf girl. Mm hmm. 
and like you know you like it and it's something that's stuck with you and you wonder how it'll feel on a rewatch and it's like how would others feel and I understand that because I think sometimes slice of life movies uh, this is obviously different to some of the previous ones we've done on the pod because it's also like live action and it's like a French Middle Eastern you know all type of weird stuff but it's hard to recommend those type of movies to people because uh, they strike a chord with each viewer in a certain type of way that's different to say when you recommend Doctor Strange Love. It's like Doctor Strange Love. It's like let's talk about Kubrick and let's talk about the filmmaking style. And while here, it's like, what did you think about that scene in which the brother and the uh, you know they just mm. you know all that kind of stuff? It's a, it hits a little different. I, I don't know. What do you think about that? No, that that does sound right. Yeah, it's um. Uh... I guess, yeah, to really differentiate it from a lot of the Hollywood films we watch where there is, like, a sort of raw appeal to a lot of them. Like, if you have this one, oh, there's, you know, a fair bit of comedy throughout. You might, like, laugh and point out the moments you remember there. Um, And as we've talked about, like, most American films have, like, that moment where everyone claps and, like, it feels really Mm. triumphant. Whereas this one, it's, like, a very moody, European-ish emotional journey kind of thing. Yeah. And, yeah, in terms of that, like you know, raw appeal thing that you want out of a film. Like, this one doesn't really feel like it has that as much. Mm. So it's like, oh, well, who who do we recommend it to? Like, with this show, obviously, yeah. it's more of a general recommendation thing. Yeah. So how was your revisit? Uh, yeah, it was it was a good revisit. I, I came to terms with some of those iffy feelings I was having because, again, over these 10 years, thought to myself, like, oh, was there much of a conflict? And, you know, there was one. There was plenty mm. of it. And it was just interwoven throughout, like, the first two acts of the film. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed this movie, but I thought it outstayed its welcome. Mm. That's how I would describe it. The the last... I clocked it. I didn't look the whole time of, like, where I was in the movie. There came a point where I was like, where the fuck am I with this? And it was exactly an hour and 32 minutes in. I checked, and I was like, oh, okay. Like, I felt... We could come to a conclusion now. So that's like 15 minutes before it ends, right? Yeah, yeah. right, right. Yeah. So what I'm saying is it it outstayed its welcome by like 10, 15 minutes for myself. I found myself, uh, like I liked all the conflicts, I liked uh, the character stuff, the interplay, I really loved the acting. I thought every actor did a really good job. There were some actors who I wasn't, who I were, I wasn't too sure of them, but then the film... Gave me more of their more of them and the performer that I was bought into them, like the uh, the elder brother who disowns uh, uh, the whole entire thing, and then at the end he turns around and he mm. becomes a good. I wasn't too sure about that character and his acting, and I wasn't too sure. And then the film won me over. Uh, I there's an aspect to this in which I felt uh, I don't know how to describe it. I think this is just again a general pacing issue, and again. Uh, a format of this kind of slice of life affair in which I did feel it was uh, uh, vignettes or episodic in parts. Like, there was a specific moment in which uh, the uh, the French... No, no, no. Um, the Palestinian mother sat down with the, the son who was being a dickhead and she had that whole conversation about, like, open your heart. Yeah, and you've got that. a big one. And I like that scene, but I, when the scene started, it was the, the 
all there was the three characters then the one left and i was like oh and now and it made me recollect on our times being in drama in university and how we did theater scenes and now i was like oh and now this is the duologue scene between these two characters mm-hmm. and i kept re- noticing that as the film went along of almost like here's a spotlight for these two characters to have a duologue about the conflict so the two dads meet up now and these three brothers like you know meet up now and i kind of noticed the mechanics of that a little bit too much and i don't know if this was based on anything in particular outside of being a film i don't know if this came from a book or from a stage show or from something else i don't know i didn't see anything noting that down i didn't look in all honesty but i did feel that a little bit i felt a little bit of the and now we're having this little episode or this little scene Mm. i didn't feel as if the film uh, was a, a whole piece as much as I would have liked. And I think that uh, comes down to, again, for me, it runs just a little bit too long. It stay outstayed its welcome just a tad. And when that happens, it doesn't necessarily uh, wash away all the merits of the film because I did like this film a lot, but it did make me... You know what it's like when a film is good and you like it, but it's outside yeah. well, and you start thinking about how you could fix this or mm. how this could be done. Heck, I even had this thought of if this was a true story, I'd just like to have watched the doco about this. You know, like yeah, that yeah, type yeah. of deal was you, you were, flowing in my brain. Yeah, you were, I guess, in a sense, an, an analysis mode. You weren't as engrossed in it because you were f- thinking about, you know, how it was made. And then the film ended. I don't know how to feel about the ending of the movie because I was just like, oh, this is the end now? Why have we gone? Why is it now? <laughs> like, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. But yeah. I, I didn't think of it so much in like the drama terms, but definitely there are a lot of scenes and a lot of them were very short scenes mm-hmm. where, um, you know, a, a, a main point is hit and I ticked in my head of like, oh, yeah, that that point, this happened because of this thing. And maybe that's because I've seen the film before, but it's like. You know the the parents the the Israeli parents at the beginning. You know they kiss, then they go to the cinema, then they have mm-hmm. the line of like, "Why didn't you tell me earlier?" And it's like, "Oh, okay, yep." They're ticking the point of the dad now knows. Mm-hmm. Um, you didn't say anything. Oh, yep, that's another thing of like, you know, he's uh, being emotionally repressed. You know, just a lot of ticking yeah, points yeah, yeah. of like, "Yep, this is the reason why they're doing this kind of thing." With the movie date, that's also a tick because then you get the scene near the end of the movie where she's there by herself, and it's like showing how. This uh, whole entire affair has put a divide and a rift within the happy dynamics of the families involved and how it's causing turmoil and these people need to reconcile their differences. I did like, okay, I want to pull it back. Like, I really enjoyed this still. I liked how maturely the characters acted. Mm. I really liked that the two sons that were swapped they didn't react like idiots to this. They reacted really sincerely. Uh, they react. I liked how they bounced off of each other, really. like mm. I-, I liked that there was a level of, I want to be your friend, I want to know who you are, but also this, you have the thing now that I have. Yeah, had. they have identity crises. But they weren't dicks to one another. It wasn't mm. as if in a typical Hollywood situation of this would be, there would be the 
the Palestinian one, the poorer one, would be the more sympathetic one. And then you have the Israeli one, who's the rich boy, who's less sympathetic because he's vapid and rich. Mm. They play those ideas, but they don't vilify and strawman them. You feel sorry for uh, Joseph. He was going to be in the army, his friends. He's now going to be the musician, I guess. But he didn't Mm. really know that that was going to be the thing he was going to do he had a life and he had his friends and he liked clubbing and And his religion and his religion oh i want to talk about that stuff but they humanized him when he could have just been the vapid rich boy character and they didn't uh uh straw man or make a caricature out of the palestinian one he was going to be a doctor and all of this stuff it wasn't as if he grew up with a house that was like three walls and there's a goat in there and all that kind of shit. The usual standards of these things. And I've got to be honest, my favorite character in the movie was uh, the Palestinian father. I really liked him. I thought how he was grappling with the situation and his eventual arc of growing to uh, be complacent with it and appreciate it, I found it really compelling. I really thought, although I don't speak... The languages, I love that, the languages. Well, you speak one of them. (laughs) Yeah, English. Um, I thought his acting was a standout out of the cast. Him and the the Israeli mother, the French, I guess she's French, right? But she's still Israeli. And so I thought those two were the strongest performers to me. Uh, Those are some of the things I really enjoyed. What about yourself? What were some of the things that stood out to you 10 years ago? And did they still ring true after all this time? What did stand out 10 years ago? Um, I think 10 years ago, the thing that stood out the most was the Palestinian brother, the Bilal. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly because I he, I remember he was very much the kind of aggressive one among the entire two families. Mm. And I kind of thought like, oh man, is this going to lead somewhere, you know, dark? Like I thought there was going to be some sort of like violent turn where he does something that can't be undone. And then obviously one of the big emotional things at the end is like oh he does turn around like very sincerely like in in this viewing as weird as that ending was i really like the hospital scene where like yeah i did too well he was like oh fuck you man why are you why are you talking like this you're alive you should celebrate things like that i was like wow this is a real turnaround like i kind of forgot this i liked his character a lot as well i he has these intense eyes. He does, yeah. <laughs> Especially when there are like two or three scenes where he like just stares at one yeah, of them. Yeah, he has these light-colored eyes as well, and it makes him stand out from every other everyone else. But I really like the scene. I guess his turnaround is when he actually meets the 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 brother, his actual yeah. biological yeah, brother. That's he, yeah. what really turns him around. I think. Because throughout the whole film, I was thinking, are the Israeli family going to visit the Palestinian family? I know that there's going to be issues with that, but are they going to... Especially with military, Dad, yeah. Are they going to do the same courtesy? And the son doing that courtesy and actually meeting this brother, that really turned him around. He got to meet this biological brother, and and he treats him like a brother. He's like, you are my brother. But then it makes him reconcile and reflect upon the brother he's grown up with and how this is actually his brother too. Mm. While I think throughout the movie, him not actually meeting this elusive figure that is standing there in the family without actually being there, being the I'm actually your biological brother, screwed with his head a lot. Because it would. It would screw with you a lot. And uh, 
yeah, he was a fascinating character. What else did you enjoy back then from your recollections, or what really hit this time around? Yeah, from my recollections back then, it's a bit hazy now, but definitely now, like like you said, a lot of the performances in this were really, really good, especially the, the fathers and the mothers. Like, they mm. all played it... D- I think, yeah, all four of them kind of hit different points. Like, the, mm. the fathers, obviously, both of them were kind of repressed and, you know, not wanting to talk about it. But they did it in interesting different ways. Like, you'd think the military father would be, like, the one that yells a bit more, is a bit more aggressive. And he does have those, those moments, but, like... Like the fights. Yeah, yeah. About but- <laughs> the whole... Israel-Palestine conflict. Yeah, but but in the whole first scene when you meet the uh, Palestinian parents, like, at the hospital, like, the, you know, your favourite character, the Palestinian father, like, doesn't say a single word. It's mm-hmm. all just in his physical acting. And then once they leave, like, that's when he starts ranting. And it's like, oh, wow, okay, this... Mm-hmm. He, he seemed a bit more, like, you know, timid in those scenes. And now we're really seeing, like, okay, no, he was just, you know, kind of holding back. And that was really interesting. But then you do get the scene of uh, when the son does come back from France and he says hello to the dad. He's underneath the car. Mm. And you know, the son knows something's up because the dad's just so weird. And then we see the dad has a tear come down his face underneath on yeah. his face in the car. That was really good. He has a complex character, complex performances. With the military father, that one, I also loved to pieces how... He wasn't the tropey, cliched army dad who's really disappointed his son isn't going to be in the army like him. He seems relieved by it, but also not cartoonishly so. That did bring a little conflict where he's like, it's good that he's not joining the army. He's like, why? Because he's an Arab? No. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> All of that. And yeah, I appreciated um, he wasn't even though he's a, a man of the military, that didn't fuel his uh, fuel a deep-seated prejudice against the Arab family like you yeah, would he, think it would in a had, movie like this. Yeah, he had the sternness of the military dad, but he didn't really have the, like, everything's about the military. You've got to mm-hmm. be in there or whatever. We've got to crush them. We're the best and all of that kind of stuff. I was surprised because I saw the pitch of this I saw scenes play out, and I was thinking how this will turn sour. So, for instance, when the Palestinian son comes home, he's out. The, he's on. You know, he's uh, standing up in the car outside out of the sunroof. Everyone in the neighborhood is cheering him and doing all of the stuff, and they're way hey, everyone's happy. And it's really showing you the visual difference in that sequence of uh, the Palestinian Arab world in comparison to Tel Aviv. And I was waiting for, and they really hammered home how important everyone feels about this character, the Palestinian son, and how everyone respects him as a great Arab and all that. Were they going to turn on him? When they find out that he's a Jew, because that's how they all treat it, right? So the rabbi's like, he's more Jewish than you. When I heard that scene, I was like, okay, when are they going to turn on this guy and the whole community is going to turn on this guy and that's going to be like a major conflict in the movie. Instead, it was just his brother. Yeah. And the rest of the community didn't really find out. They were like, he's a cousin. Like uh, the, 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 the actual son is a cousin. I was waiting for that to happen. And there came a point where I knew it wasn't going to happen and I was relieved because 
I feel that may have taken away from the, the, the size of the story. This is a small story. And I feel as if you brought that in, this would have been a bigger story than it needs to be for this film. I could see this uh, story being like one of three films where you follow them as they grow up and older in life. You yeah. Know, you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a film you would love, I think it's on Netflix, there's a documentary called Three Identical Strangers. It's a documentary about these three identical brothers who lived in New York and they accidentally found each other. You've they... given me a copy of this and I've watched it. Oh, you have? I <laughs> yeah. forgot, I forgot, I forgot. There's so many documentaries I yeah, yeah. I always think, I need to tell Bartek, right? But yeah. you remember this and film. I did, and you're right, I did love it, it was great. It was a great film, and I could see with this conflict in this movie kind of what their lives were in real life being s- spread across several films where it's like this is the meeting phase of this where you're excited and you're figuring out all the difference and then you have the middle phase in which everyone's got their own lives. Do you still keep in contact with these people because they, they're your family but you didn't mm. grow up with them? And the older stage of life where you explore that even further and like you have kids and do you want all of that. I could see this really expanding out into more than just this story here, but I was appreciating that it kept small because I know you saw it 10 years ago, but did you ever think of that aspect that I'm talking about where you're watching the film and you're seeing all these things set up and you're thinking uh, because of how films traditionally go like this of how the bitter payoff is going to be? Did you ever think about that? Um, I, I guess I did think of the sense of like, you know, you could definitely dive deeper into a lot of the characters, you know, m- more personal experiences with it. Like both families have a little sister character and they mm. get only a little bit to do, mm. especially the Palestinian sister who gets, you know, not, not all that much, but she seems pretty happy with everything. She was the one I remembered more. <laughs> no, I'm not saying that she was unmemorable, but like she didn't really seem to have any sort of like conflict going on, which isn't a, no, isn't no. a criticism. I'm just saying that like, oh, you could have. I like in a in an alternative yeah. version, you could have dived deeper into you know her and many other characters. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah. like the what the the Israeli sister, like she had a bit more like snarky things of like, oh, mm. so we we sending him back. Like I was telling mm. my friends, but no one really cared. <laughs> yeah, that's right, that's right. When I think of the Palestinian one, I think of her with the doll, and yeah, the, having the tea party, and she still loves the brother as the brother, and yeah, the loving little sister. Yeah, I guess that's the contrast between the two sisters. One's way more loving than the other in that <laughs> regard. Uh, less, less snarky. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I'm i trying to think. Ooh, there's so many great scenes here. I, Yeah, I really liked how all the characters bounced off of each other and played off of each other. I didn't feel they were vilifying any of them in a way that wasn't unearned. Mm. Again, the the eldest brother who was distant and antagonistic, I understood where he was coming from, you know? I I didn't think it was right, but I understood it for his character. This is definitely a film where I think the fact that neither of us are Israeli or Palestinian, like, gives us a different perspective on it, like, a bit more neutral, kind of like what you're saying with what this film is. It's a French film. It's not Mm. one or the other. Um, I could only imagine, like, you know, a diehard Israeli, diehard Palestinian might have, you know, more strong feelings about the film, and perhaps uh, that character, Bilal, is a bit more representative of that, since since he is the one that, you know, takes it so harshly. Like, what the Palestinian dad was saying on the way home of, like, oh, what if what if my sister finds out about this? Mm. People go crazy, and Bilal is the only one that finds out about it who does kind of go a bit intense on it all. 
Like, and you know, f- straight off the bat, like he takes off the shirt that his brother gave him, just throws it down. Yeah, it's like, yeah. oh, there it is right there. <laughs> it's right there for you. Oh, man, that was intense. I, yeah, I thought the scene where... Uh... Oh, yeah, because another thing, like, he was very loving before mm-hmm. that point. Like, there was only one th- scene where, like, he just started talking about Israel and his mum just had to calm him down. It's like kissing his brother, hugging him. There was a scene where Bilal was talking to his friends, and there's that one guy trying to sell cans of, was it Coke or something? I think it was Coca-Cola, yeah. That scene was intense, because it showed you a crossroads for his character. He could go down. He could go down this explosive, hate-filled, antagonistic track he's on, or he could go down the road, which he eventually does, which is a more uh, holistic, nice understanding approach and i'm glad that he did go down that road because again i did uh sit there going okay how is this film gonna mine the drama out of this pitch because the pitch is one of those movie like this is such a great pitch for a film where you have the the two sides that aren't too different but very different and they hate each other and there's this conflict but oh now they have to reconcile you know you could see that play out let's wait for the hollywood remake yeah (laughs) how sad where it will be a trump supporter and a bernie sanders (laughs) supporter and they actually had their babies swapped (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> in my head, I was thinking, oh, it's still Israel and Palestine, but like, yeah, you're right. They, they would have to Americanify it, Republican, Democrat. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Maybe one's a black family, one's a white family. Or, or, and that makes it even more funny. Or, or if it's a period piece, it'll be like, oh, the North and the South. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, it's a civil war. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that. That's awesome. I like my version where one family's black, one family's white, but the babies <laughs> nobody noticed. <laughs> kind of like in uh, that, yeah, Steve that, Martin's The Jerk. That where... didn't connect until you mentioned it. You're right. That is funny. <laughs> <laughs> in the Steve Martin film, The Jerk. Yeah, he's in a black family. He's in a black family, and they told him he, it would grow. <laughs> he would that was, grow into being black. That was also one of the ending twists of Tromeo and Juliet. Uh... <laughs> I'm adopted son. I'm black. <laughs> uh, <laughs> written by James Gunn. Yep. <laughs> Tromeo and Julia. Uh, yeah, let's talk about the religious side of this. I was really happy they tackled that and showed it for the tragedy it was. Because when it happened... Okay, so when this situation unfolds, I asked... Oh, I wonder how this affects him being a Jew. I don't know too much about Judaism, and I'm like, mm. and I actually said to myself, "Oh, it should be fine because he's been raised Jewish, and and he's done all these things." And then the rabbi laid it out. It's like, yeah, well, two out of three actually isn't good enough. You need to be the third one. He's more Jewish than you. Yeah, you need to do all these other hurdles and. You're not really Jewish. Sorry. And uh, and he had like that smile the whole time. It's like he's trying to be gentle about it, but it's making it more painful. But then when the rabbi comes back in the movie and he gives him this scornful look and that makes the Joseph character run off and go to Palestine and visit the family. Yeah, I I don't know what to make of it because... It does put the the Jewish faith in a very uh, mean-spirited light, I guess. I It did not make me sympathetic towards the Jews in this moment, but that's a part of the tradition, the culture. It's touching yeah. upon that. But it was one of those things where it's like, 
Oh, come on. Now you're just saying that his whole entire life is worthless. This He's defined himself as a Jew. And now you're saying you're not a Jew. You're not good enough. And the other son is more of a Jew than you you are. And it was devastating. Devastating. Truly. Ah, oh, got me in the heart real good. Yeah, I I also don't know too much about Judaism, despite the fact that I have seen the most Jewish film of all time, Keeping Up With The Steins. Um, <laughs> but I, I did have th- that idea in my head, like, oh yeah, there is a sort of like conversion process that you have to go through. Mm. And I'd forgotten about that scene until it began, like, oh yeah, I remember this scene was pretty intense. Um, and yeah, it's like, you need to have circumcision, you need to accept the Torah, and you need to bathe with three rabbis or something mm. like that. And it's like, okay, you've definitely done the first one. Second one should be easy for you. And then this I third... mean, he's already done the second one. He already had his bar, bar mitzvah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and even though that sounded like a very simple process, like, oh, you can do that. It's just hammering home that idea of, like, you all along have been an outlier. You, you haven't truly been Jewish, even though in your heart and in your mind, like, he even said, like, you know, I was one of your best students. You said this yourself. Mm. You know, that I think that scene really just kind of tears into the heart. Like, as much as both sons in this film are really good, like, I feel like Joseph gets a lot more focus. And I think that scene mm-hmm. is one of the ones that really highlights um, the identity crisis a bit stronger because, you know, they there's a lot of comparison to that other brother. There, there wasn't as much, I think, with the other one. Was, it, was his name Yassin? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yassin. Well, he is a character, the Palestinian Yassin. He has a much more uh, defined view of himself outside of he's, being... He's uh, much more worldly, too. And it doesn't seem that, like, uh, the film... This is something. The film didn't dive into this, which is, uh, I guess, I don't know. It didn't have the, the parallel scene of, is he no longer a Muslim? Hmm. You know? Because yeah. the Jews are like you're not a Jew now because of this and you're right of your mother. But I, I don't know. Like, I imagine he's not considered a Muslim either, but the film didn't really delve into that. And he didn't really ever have that as a grappling thing. People just made comments of, like, you're, you're a Jew now, I guess. Are you going to go over there and get your name changed? It was more of a uh, uh, his brother antagonistic. Are you going to be a Jew? Are you going to do this now? rather than what Joseph went through, which was an actual religious institution he's been a part of, denying his faith and saying, you're no longer this, you need to do this to become it. Yeah, I I guess in my head I didn't think of it as much because, once again, I don't know much about Islam either, but I figure that uh, maybe Muslim faith doesn't really have that kind of conversion thing, and it's a bit more accepted. Like, oh, you can be Muslim if you believe. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, that's just my idea, but I might be wrong. They about focus that. more on being Arab mm. than than that. They did mention being Muslim and all of that, of course. But yeah, I, I guess with them, it's more about you're not the oppressed people, yes, rather than the faith. Yes, yes, but I found that... Because ultimately, they're both Abrahamic religions. When they talk about God, they're talking about the same one. Yeah, 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 just different uh, different things. Yeah, just yeah. throw a Christian son in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of uh, other things I want to chat about with this. What are some things that you want to discuss? Um, I guess since we are talking about the two sons now, the, the swapped-at-birth ones... Mm. Um, 
you kind of already brought this up, but it's really good how distinct they were. They were both played very, very differently mm-hmm. while still being very effective. And, you know, the scenes where they interact with each other really, you know, they're very interesting. Like, because there is a little bit of ribbing each other mm. of like, oh, I'm smoking a blunt with my worst enemy or something like that. And I'm selling more ice creams. Than yeah, you. the ice cream scenes are really good because- <laughs> They were awesome. I loved those scenes. They were the, really just, fun. That The Palestinian son, the- Charming. He was super charismatic. <laughs> Which I didn't get that vibe from him until... Like, I guess so. I don't know. He was just... He was going through a lot. I, I, but so even, to see him be a little bit more playful like mm. this was well, nice. Yeah, but... He, and he, it takes actually a little while for him to show up. Like, a lot of the mm-hmm. DNA stuff had already been settled by that point. The parents already know. And by the time he, he appears again, like, you know, he has that little line about, like... You know, why are you carrying the suitcase? It has wheels. And it's like, oh, they made you into a lazy European. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. oh, yeah, he's got, like, little lines like that. It was building tension and suspense because we've seen how one son reacts to it. How will the other son react? And what's the other son like? Yeah, we and we hadn't even seen any of the photos of him either. Oh, a thing that I do love about the sons is when, uh, when all three of them are together, when the elder brother joins them, I just, I thought they had a great rapport with one another. I thought they all bounced off each other really well as characters and as actors because they're all drastically different characters and it is a really bizarre situation to find yourself in, but they all kind of treated it like how we do, you and I, when you're just, well, we're all roughly the same age. We all have similar interests. We're just a bunch of we're just a bunch of guys <laughs> hanging out, and that's how they treated it. It wasn't as emphasis on oh, we're forcing this family relationship. That's yeah. the stuff I really liked of looking around town and and the brother who's just coming to Israel. He has that whole thing where it's like, wow, they're loaded out here, isn't it? And then the clubbing brother, was, eh, yeah, and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. It was fun. It was uh, fun hanging out with them. Yeah, as much as the eldest brother Bilal. As much as, like, he had the whole central thing with both brothers throughout the film, actually seeing them, all three of them together, like, there was actually something really nice about that. It's like, yeah, this is a trio that, like, really works. I, I would have liked to have seen more of this. Obviously, not saying that that's a criticism of the film, because mm. it had to lead up to this, but it was a really nice and kind of rewarding thing. Like, even as you said, that the ending does kind of, you know, drag on a bit too far. Like, that mm. aspect, at least, was really good. Yeah, I like I said, I could see more films exploring these characters down the line, and in the second version, second film, or one of the films of this, where I could see the two brothers, the the, the two sons, kind of uh, separating off and having a bit of a rift because of life and all of this stuff. I could see him being the guy who's like, come on, guys, <laughs> kind of <laughs> turning bring- around from where he's been in this movie. Bring the band back together. Bring the band back together. Yeah. Uh, one thing I think I should discuss, mm-hmm. and uh, because I have a really, I guess, personal insight into this, is my family. I was yeah, when I was watching the film, like I didn't consider this, but maybe Ryan will have something to say. So both of my parents uh, adopted or were adopted, and both of my parents have met their biological families at some point late in their lives. So my dad in his 
40s, my mum in her 50s, and Your mum was really recent, right? Yeah, it was like within the last year or two. Yeah. And so, and, you know, they have kids of their own, and now so on and so forth. You're having to form this bond with all of these people, whether it would just be your direct mother or father, but now you're like, oh, and I have sisters and relatives, and they have kids, and this whole entire ordeal... And I understand that, and I understand that, and I I won't speak on the complexities of how it is for everyone, because it's different for everyone, and this film has a very specific type of thing it's hitting with the cultures, mm-hmm. uh, but it is a, a awkward, timid phase of uh, life for people like us, and one of the things I wish the film explored more of or had more scenes of were the families just chatting to one another about life. So one of the scenes that I found that struck a chord with me that was so true to my experiences with this is the two mothers looking at the photo and we don't even see what the photo looks like. And then that mother going, hey, he looks like this person and Mm. this and the dad and Oh, that's happened so much. And the comments about, hey, the musical skills, he gets that from you. I wish there was more of that throughout the movie because that's the human experience of it that I understand more so. While the film, it explores many things, but it does touch upon those metaphorical and thematic things that movies have to do. And I feel like it could have hit upon some of those little moments more so. Yeah, I I don't have the same experience of, like, you know, adoption or, you know, meeting unknown family members like that. But even those little comments, like, I've had those, like, oh, yeah, you look like this specific uncle of mine. Or, like, oh, you don't don't like fish? Oh, that's just like your great-grandfather. Yeah, 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 right, right. And um, I guess you have this, though, where you, uh, your father, he's in Poland and you Mm -hmm. don't get to physically see him all that much but when you do you you kind of get caught up again of what things is like what things are like when you have that family around you like oh that's right my dad walks like this or mm. the smell of Poland is like those yeah, type yeah, yeah. of touches i wish the film for a film that has lots of quiet humanizing moments had for instance one of the striking moments is when the uh Israeli mother drops her bicycle and the her biological son helps pick it up and she grabs his hands and she starts feeling mm. them and recognizes how they're like the like mm, yeah no words are said but there's you know something going on there I love those touches and I think the film could have benefited from those just because I have lived through these experiences myself and those are just the things that happen I do wish there was more conversations of the like I get it because the film is about these two families from rivaling cultures. They're very guarded. There are members that don't want this to happen. Mm. Like I get that, but I do wish there was just scenes of them sitting down and discussing family stuff and kind of like informing the sons about oh this thing happened in the family. This just some more of that because that's what that's what it's been like for me where it's just like oh let me tell you about this uncle that we had and how they did this or this oh, family the, the, member. They, there was a mention of like oh the the grandmother died like you could have told the palestinians i'm like oh you were technically related to her actually or, let me tell or, you about her yeah yeah right or uh yeah stuff like that could have 
been in the movie more. Yeah, like l- small but really sincere and realistic things. Yeah, for sure. Because the ones that you mentioned, like those are all really standout moments. Yeah, and the more I talked about, the more I'm verbalizing this, the more moments are flicking in my head, such as when uh, uh, Joseph visits his biological family and he's asks oh not too much food and the brother says no she made this for you because you've over here very true mm. that type of detail oh yeah that's something that's struck a chord i was like yeah 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 because you're the family we got to put out the stuff and i want to show you that this thing that i do is nice have have the thing mm. i get that yeah yeah so yeah, that's what I can kind of touch upon. The awkwardness of this is uh, very relatable to my situation, although all of the parties involved with my family's versions of this, where my dad had to meet his family and my mum had to meet her, everyone was super keen on doing it, or like uh, at least wanting to do it. Uh, not as, like, with, with these people, there is that level of, I uh, don't, like, directly, there are some man, yeah. family members who <laughs> don't want this. During the first meeting in the hospital, like, they had a mediator handle the whole thing, and, like... I loved him. And, like, two-fifths of them didn't say a word the whole scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you, want, do you mind if I speak Hebrew? And there's just a look. <laughs> and then they spoke English, and it's like, oh, I know that language. I know that language. Yeah, yeah. Anything you want else, anything else you, you want to hit upon here? Um, my subtitles didn't have capital M's, they had underscores. Oh, really? Yeah. Mine had trouble with numbers, so whenever there was a number, like numbers, it just would have a space between the numbers, like yeah. whenever it said like 10 or whatever character, like ages or years, it would just have that, but that would be about it. Everything else worked. A lot of the times where someone said the word my, it was just like underscore Y, I was like, <laughs> okay. Uh, one of the funny things, and again, subtitles, take this with a grain of salt, but I wouldn't be surprised because writing 101, there were some clunky moments of exposition in terms of, uh, for instance, this is the one that stands out, the Palestinian father to let us know that uh, he has relatives that are French. Mm-hmm. He says, oh, oh when the, he's got the son and the son has just come back from the aunt's place, he says, oh, how is my sister? Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> After we've already been told in the movie that the son was staying at this sister's place. It was clunky like that. I, but, fi- I noticed that too, yeah. It's I like, was like, did we need that? We understand that. Yeah, dr- drop the my sister and it's fine. Yeah, yeah. like how was aunt such and such? How's she doing? And then you, she, he, you can even have the son say, oh, yeah, you know, she's going great. She would love to uh, you know, have you over. And that the, him saying you would indicate, oh, we know that's yeah. his and, and relative. The f- and before that point, like the film... Had, Already explained it. Yeah, and, but even before, beyond just that, like the film has had things go unsaid but indicated. Like I mentioned mm-hmm. earlier with the cinema scene, it's like, you know, you're in the cinema, suddenly it's like, why didn't you tell me earlier? That tells you, oh, okay, they had the conversation already. I think that's all i got to say about the other, the other son. Mm. Anything else you want to touch upon? I think we got it. We got, we got it. We got the other son. <laughs> He's in the bag. We're in. What was the film that you confused this with on the podcast before you said last uh, oh, week? Oh, uh, The Good Son? Is that the one with Macaulay Culkin? Yeah, well, where he's he gets like... stung to death by bees? Or no, I think that's evil the... evil killer? Evil kid. Evil and, kid. And I think the good one was... What's Frodo's name? Uh, Elijah Wood. I think it was Elijah Wood was the good oh, one. Oh, he's the good son. Yeah. And Macaulay's the evil son. I think Macaulay Culkin says, like, fuck you or something in that film when hey, he's still a kid. that's awesome. <laughs> when he's a cute little kid. Yeah, I think that was his, like, cute little kid era, Macaulay Culkin, but, like, he's evil. <laughs> 
I think. I haven't actually seen I've it. I've seen Richie Rich. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's it for The Other Sun. We will be talking next time on the podcast, a listening people's suggestion, if I'm not mistaken. It's We're a Ryan suggestion. Is it? It's me, Ryan, listening people. Oh, Do you need time to right. pick something? No, no, no. Don't you do this to me. <laughs> My brain is so screwed up from just having to be back. You know what it is? It's being back physically recorded. My brain mm. still can't comprehend that we're back here again. You're right. It's a me one. I forgot that last <laughs> week we did... Uh, we did. Po- That's what threw me off because yeah, we we, we kind of cheated. That's it. We, where we, for, for our hundred episode milestones, we, yeah. we do a listening people's choice, but it's actually a, us picking a Paul Giamatti film. You're yeah. right. You got me, guys. I'm going to jail. You've got me here. I'm th- being thrown into the lake of fire. I think we had the same kind of mistake a few weeks ago. Yes, I'm, like, I'm yeah. just fucking it up all the time. It's a me suggestion, everybody. We all love my suggestions. I do like your suggestions. <laughs> I look forward to them. I keep trying to think of films I could suggest that you hate because they really bring <laughs> up fun conversations. But then, but then I go, but I want to watch a fun movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I keep doing that where I go, oh, I want to watch a, I want to watch a fun film that I one enjoy. Of, one of the films that I was thinking for this non-Hollywood choice was like. I could pick that because I've seen it, but I know Ryan really loves that film. I'll let that be his film. Yes, yes. Well, I want to do a sci-fi film, if that's okay with you. I want to. Do- I don't get a say, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Fuck you. I want to do. I do believe it's from 2008. A film called Moon. Okay, I know that. Have you seen it? No, no. I mean, I know what the moon is. It stars Sam Rockwell, mm-hmm. directed by Duncan Jones, David Bowie's son, and it stars Kevin Spacey as well. Uh, but he's a voice, so... Well, his last name is Spacey, so... <laughs> he's in space. So Moon will be our discussion for next episode. Bartek, since you don't know this film, I obviously suggest looking up nothing about it. Just let it happen. Cool. It's a sci-fi movie. Don't have to know Israel Palestine. Moon's involved. The moon is... Moon. Uh, Kevin Spacey's a voice, and uh, Sam Rockwell's in the movie. Uh, for some reason, you'll, you'll note somebody else is in the movie, too. You'll see. Cool. Or maybe you won't. We'll talk about it next week. Oh, it's that guy. Oh, uh, <laughs> of course. So that is it from us. You can find us on the social medias of Facebook and Twitter at uh, Spit and Posh Presents. We are posting stuff on there, discussing things, all of that great, great stuff. We have our email at spitandpolished at gmail.com, which is all in the description of this episode. You can easily find it. You can rate and review us on whatever podcast, hosting, platform, site, whatever, catcher. If our so name's on it, you can review us. <laughs> you can review us, give us a five stars, say, I like the one whose name sounds like how it's spelt, Bartek. Yeah, not Rian. Rian? 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. They see your last name's like, yeah, it said how it's spelt. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And they nod. Casperzius. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's all we've got for you this time round, Abateka. A pleasure, my other son. Thank you, my, uh, dad, I guess. My, my real dad. My real dad, yes. I thought the dad I had was my dad, but actually you were my dad. Well, we're still both Polish dads. See, I was thinking like, oh, I'll do a gag about us being swapped at birth, but we weren't born on the same day, so I had to come up with like an idea of like, oh... 
you were born in late May, and then the guy who, like, the doctor who, you know, helped the birth happen, like, it kept you for a little while because you had to work something out, and then, like, September- <laughs> Yeah, we'll work out an equation. Yeah, yeah, he's like, and then September 5th, like, he took you over to, like, Kempsey, and he was for like- For Father's Day. And then he was like, oh, I got it, I got it, and there's like, nope, no, I'm just going to give him back, and then he accidentally picks me up and takes me back to Melbourne. Yeah, but, that's how it happened. Yeah. But the father thing, maybe that's a bit funnier. I actually think mine's funny, but you know, you just go with it. How about <laughs> this? <laughs> yep, so it's not over yet. How about this? I was adopted by a black family, and you were adopted, <laughs> and you're a Trump-supporting family. <laughs> <laughs> Am I black? Yeah, sure. Okay. People don't know what you look like. Not everyone. Uh, not every one of our listeners know. You wa- okay, people. yeah, you, you once posted a picture of me, but you put an egg over my face, <laughs> so they know sort of what my upper body looks they like. They know you're egg-like. Yeah. They might be able to see my hair and, like, my skin colour. But there's a huge egg on my face, so you probably can't tell. As always, Bartek has an egg on his face. 